Welcome to the Anglers Channel Insider Podcast, presented by Sportsman's Warehouse, your fishing and outdoor store. And here are your hosts, AC Insiders, Danny Blanford and Vance McCullough. Welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of the AC Insider Podcast, brought to you by Sportsman's Warehouse, Ranger Boats, Mercury Marine, with Rely on Lithium Battery, providing the juice. I'm your host, Danny Blanford, co-host Vance McCullough here with me. Uh, coming off a little bit of a hiatus, Vance, we, we're out of rotation, we missed a week, but we got to uh, get stuff like turkey in there, and I did a little bit of deer hunting. How's things treating you down south? Yeah, man, the turkey, I, I'm more of a spiral ham guy on Thanksgiving, so uh, I kind of bypassed turkey, went for the ham there, but uh, life is good, man, you know, doing the family family time that we all think enjoy during this downtime between Thanksgiving and, and Christmas and kind of just sort of taking a breath. I was talking to Brian Stahl earlier this afternoon, tournament director uh, from the uh, Extreme Series down here in uh, Florida, and he was talking about uh, they just did the Toys for Tots tournament, so he didn't get to do much of the the deer hunting and the taking a deep breath and all that. He just, just went right from a championship into that, but it's good. Um you know, they, they get a bunch of toys for the, you know, kids down there in that community. Another big hit again this year, the ninth year they've done that. Uh, you know, and, and that'll, I'm sure he's going to send us the details on that. We'll put that on the website soon. And he's going to get the new tournament calendar to David. And so we can all get, you know, get a good look at their, their calendar coming up. I know that's what a lot of us are doing right now, I guess, is kind of looking ahead already to 2024 and sort of figuring out where we're going to spend our lunch money, what, what trails we're going to fish, huh? <laughs> yeah, who we're going to donate to in my case. No, that's yeah, really right. <laughs> that's going to be our theme this week on the show. You know, we took a little hiatus and and really that's been the news. It, it's schedules, you know, Bass is out, FLW is out. And of course, you know, in addition to the big schedules, you know, there was the whole roster announcement and some surprising things there. I mean, I think at this point, everybody kind of knows who's in, who's out and what the moves are. And uh, with us taking a week or two off the podcasting trail, I'd say a lot of folks have beat us to the punch on that one. But, you know, my thoughts on that, you know, Nixon's out. Uh, I grew up watching Larry Nixon fish. Uh, I love it. Uh, I'll, I'll miss that kind of thing. But, you know, that kind of coverage and and that the early days of Nixon, I feel like that's kind of been not covered the same way for many years. So, you know, I'll miss seeing him throw his Cinco around a little bit. I know he had some good tournaments this year, but I think it's a natural progression. You know, we saw Nixon's out. We saw Fritz's out. Now, you and I were talking before we came on air. The way I understand it, with Larry retiring, it opened up a spot for Jordan Lee to use his open or his classic champ exemption. You know, he's got two of them, if I'm not mistaken. So he was able to slide back into the elites. Um that one caught my eye, and I think that's good. I think that's good for Jordan. I think that's good for Bass. And I think swapping fan bases like that is is probably good for our sport. Any of the other ones jump out at you, or did you see any announcements that caught your attention? Yeah, just still kind of surprised at some of the guys that just, you know, you'll be scrolling social media or, or whatever, and, and here goes another one like hey man it's been good appreciate all my sponsors i'm moving on i'm hanging it up completely or i'm changing trails and mm -hmm. you know it's like uh what bobby went back over there to mlf and and i know think bradley hallman's hanging it up point period yep i saw um, that he's got some good things going on off the water so i think he's going to stay in the space but he's not going to be traveling and fishing you know so yeah, yeah i did yeah. i did see bradley's announcement i thought uh Russ Lane did one about going back to chase his dreams of requalifying for the elites yeah. and uh, very professionally done. Well done, you know, um, didn't throw any shade, just moving on to, to try something different to kind of reinvigorate himself. So I thought that was cool. Well, what I liked about Russ's uh, statement too, was he had mentioned, you know, he laid the groundwork there. It was a lengthy post, but he mentioned why he went over to MLF to start with, you know, uh, they were trying to build something, trying to do something better for the betterment of the sport. And at that time and that, that place, uh, it made sense to him and he's proud of what he's done to try to, to do that. His heart was in the right place. And now, you know, it's a different day and, you know, different, uh, action plan, I guess is called for. And like I said, no hard feelings toward anybody, but he's, he's back over to the Bassmaster side trying to chase the, uh, the dream. 
And it kind of, I don't know, man, you, you look at, we're in the heart of football season. You look at football and the Super Bowl and how the Super Bowl got born. And there's the AFC and there's the NFC or AFL, NFL. And they got together and kind of all made it work. And you just wonder if ever that's a possibility now with the, now really down to two big, big leagues, the MLF side and, and the elites. Could everybody play together? Could everybody put it together in one big kind of Super Bowl of bass fishing or something? I, that, that'd be really cool, I think. It'd be fun to see. You know, Dude, we've been there and done that. I got the t-shirts. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I've got the t-shirt. As a matter of fact, well, nobody's watching us because we're audio only, but I'm sitting in my office and right here over my left shoulder. You didn't even notice, by the way, you notice I, I reframed in the office. You see, I got monster bucks on the wall. Some antlers back there. That's right, because it's fall. But no, back to your point, right off my shoulder, there's this little sign and it says Toyota Texas Bass Classic. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I, I've got guys. Well, there's Russ Lane's uh, signature on it. We were just talking about Russ. There's Mike Iconelli's on there. Um, yeah. Lefebvre, you know. So when I look at that, Iconelli and Lefebvre, that was bass and that was major league fishing. Yeah. Uh, or FLW, or I guess it was FLW at the time. Yeah. And dude, that was an awesome event. And, you know, to your point, I said, been there, done that, had the t shirt. Uh, the event no longer exists in the same way. But that event was instrumental, instrumental in what we're seeing today in the landscape, because it's the first place where anglers and scientists and everybody got together and we proved that you can weigh them in the field and return them to the water and still have an exciting event. Right. Yeah. And I mean, so you look at where Major League Fishing is now. They, they strayed away from that and they started there. They strayed away and now they're back. Uh, some really positive things came out of the Toyota Texas Bass Classic, and the event itself was cool. It never really, I don't think it ever got the prestige. Like, to your point, you'd like to see it, and we've actually already done it. I think that part of that is because at the time, both leagues tolerated it, but neither league was really interested in seeing their anglers out competing somewhere else. So you never really saw Bass get behind it and say, hey, look at our guys going over here to compete against MLF. And you never had ML or FLW, excuse me, you never had FLW get mm -hmm. behind it and, and say the same thing. Yeah. And I think that was a missing ingredient. And it was probably, I don't know, a little bit of ego, a little bit of sponsor dollar. I don't, I don't know what kept that from happening. But I think that was the one thing that was missed in that whole project was that the individual leagues promoting – Hey, our stars are taking on the other guys' stars. Tune in, check it out. Let's see what happens. And we could have made it a bigger thing, right? It'd be yeah. like, you know, to your point, AFC, NFC. Imagine if those leagues each did their own thing and then nobody talked about the big game that they played in. The Super Bowl yeah. wouldn't be that super. All right. You know, so uh, to your point, it's been there. It was cool. Um, we saw that a little bit with. Uh, bass fest where they let people basically come in and buy an uh, elite thing right that's where wheeler came over to the elite side and took their money for a moment mm -hmm. so there's been some been some crossover there but you know as far as the schedule announcements and the who's out and who's where the one thing i'll say about that is is that you know major league fishing's media property is an absolute monster i mean in terms of media if you look at the outdoor channel stuff, all the different places they are. Just this past Saturday, I turned on my TV. Heavy Hitters is on CBS, yeah. right? So whoever stays at MLF and BPT are going to have awesome opportunities because there's a media powerhouse there. Mm -hmm. Whoever stays at Bass or moves to Bass also going to have opportunities because it's another media powerhouse. I think both leagues are totally capable of building stars and giving these anglers a platform to get out there and fish. So whether they're every catch counts, way five, whatever, I'm still a fan because it, it's still bass fishing and I like seeing it mainstream. Did yeah. you happen, did you happen to catch any of the CBS uh, heavy hitter show on this past weekend? No, I did not. I missed that. I was, I was gone off in, in the South Georgia sitting in a, in a, a blind. <laughs> well, not, I was, not seeing anything. I was working on a project here at the house. And I had it playing in the background, you know, and I've worked in outdoor television from the event side and a variety of different things, man, I guess at this point, 20 years and watching the product that they produced, 
I see a little bit of a thing. I'm going to get on a soapbox. This is the challenge with outdoor television, fishing show, tournament type stuff, in my opinion. The casual viewer wants fast action. They want fish catch, fish catch, fish catch, fish catch, right? Because the casual viewer gets bored watching a guy pick apart a lay down or dissect a piece of cover or things like that. So to, to, to reel them in, it's got to be action. And I saw that very, very much in the heavy hitters broadcast I watched on CBS. They were building excitement. Now, I watch it as a guy who likes fishing and wants to learn the techniques. I couldn't find any, man, because it was so quick. It was just fish catches and a brief mm -hmm. recap about how they felt. Now, if I'm an angler, I like the form. If I'm an angler competing, I like the format because the guys got a ton of love. Top, you know, from the waist up, they had all their jersey, they had their, their personalities that you got to see the guy. So he got a lot of screen time. But he was getting studio screen time, not on the water screen time doing his craft. Does that make sense? So it's, it's mm. you don't see how he got the bite. You just see the hook set. Oh, look at this big fish held up to the camera. Quick cutaway. Oh, man, when I caught that fish, I was really excited. I heard the score tracker. The, the, the pressure is amazing. On to the next fish catch. So, yeah, I'm kind of poking some holes in it. And I, and I don't like to do that because I, I tip typically like to offer constructive criticism. And on this one, I don't know what the answer is. I've worked in the space forever and it's just, I think it's come up on our podcast before. When, when you get into the TV, you've got two different audiences. At the end yeah. of the day, the, the sport needs the casual viewer to come in because the casual viewer brings non-endemic advertising dollars. So I, I know why we have to appeal to them, but the guy who likes to participate in the sport, the, the true hardcore guy, I think our programming gets diluted. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know what the answer is. And maybe, I guess now I just thought about it. That's probably why live has become so popular. Well, and they're doing what they said they were trying to do. They're going after the casual viewer. They're cutting mm -hmm. the field to 50 guys next year. You know, use this year to get that process, which most of us in the sport, we all know some guys that are hurt by that. But at the same time, if they're going to try to turn this into a spectator event that people will watch, yes, it has to be action. It has to be a limited number of characters, some storylines. They could do, you know, do all the heavy, you know, technical how-to, maybe on the website, magazine. Mm -hmm. Hey, for more, you want tips and tactics, you want to learn how, boom, you go here. And this other on the TV, like you say, is just glossy, very generalist audience kind of stuff. Well, uh, maybe a little bit of, you know, a couple of minutes of uh, how-to here and there. I mean, you watch NASCAR, you learn a little bit about stuff you would never know otherwise. A little physics involved, a little, you know, the mechanical, what's going on here. And right. you know, stuff like that to make it accessible to the viewer, right? But they don't put a whole bunch of that on you. If you just want to watch the race and be entertained, you can do that too. So... Yeah, I think there's probably a little bit of a happy medium there, but I think probably with the web with the web presence that everybody has nowadays and the different layers of different platforms of media, they could give the hardcore viewer a lot more to dig in, you know, dig their teeth into somewhere else and just kind of let the TV program be the flagship and kind of, you know what I'm saying, sort of be the mm -hmm. calling card to get people interested in the first place. Hey, we're here. By the way, this is something fun to watch. And like mm -hmm. I said, that's where you get the big, big outside sponsorship dollars. And they, they've made no, no uh, secret. That's what they're chasing. That's what they're going after over there at MLF. Oh, well, you have to have them. I mean, the, the needs of the anglers, the wants of the anglers, the purses we want to compete for, um, they can't play for their own money and achieve those levels. So there's got to be sponsor dollars. I get that. And, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I guess in listening to your response, it all kind of cleared that up in my head. And I think you're spot on is that, you know, the CBS style broadcast, maybe they need to be like the cliff notes, right? Fast, mm -hmm. quick, hard hitting. And to your point yep. now, uh, all the leagues, all the properties, even what we do on Angler's Channel, a person can go other places now and get information we used to not be able to get. And I know you've talked about that some Wait, you know, when we were young, waiting on the Bassmaster to show up so we could read a technique. Well, mm -hmm. at, that at that time, it was either written in the magazine or it was shown on the TV show. So maybe that's where some of my bias comes from is, I'm just stuck in that rut of liking it on the show. So, uh, 
you know, I think that's cool. It was a good program. I think it's great for the anglers and we won't get into all that stuff. You know, what we're going to do, I do want to talk schedules uh, to your point, David, David Jong at the anglers channel. He keeps track of all of our scheduling and anybody that wants to get a tournament on the site for 2024, hit him up. It's D Jong X I O N G at anglerschannel.com. Get your schedule up with him. And I tell you what, we're going to cut away for a quick break. And we're going to come back talking about other schedules from the Alabama Bass Trail to the Bass Pro Shops Cabela's Big Bass Tour. And we'll be on with Mr. Scott Gordon, their tournament director. So, gang, stick around. We're going to be talking local and regional events and the National Big Bass Tour here in just a couple moments after a few words from our sponsors. Sportsman's Warehouse is your one-stop convenient place to shop. Whether you're into camping, hunting, or fishing, our expert associates can help you find the gear you need. We carry a huge assortment of quality equipment from the best manufacturers in the country and around the world. We have guns, ammo, rods, lures, not to mention every kind of outdoor clothing for the whole family. You can shop in one of our fully stocked stores or visit us online at sportsmans.com. Visit Sportsman's Warehouse, shop one of over 130 locations nationwide and growing. At Mercury, there are no limits to the lengths we'll go to make sure you have no limits either. Unlimited adrenaline. Unlimited fun. Unlimited weekend. Except maybe having to go home eventually. Introducing the all-new V8 Mercury Pro XS. Light, quick, efficient. Mercury, go boldly. This segment is brought to you by Mercury Marine. Encouraging you to go boldly. Welcome back, folks. We're talking schedules this week. And uh, Vance, I'm excited about this one. You know, you, earlier this year, uh, me, you, the Anglers Channel, got a chance to go down and cover the Humminbird Minkota Owners Tournament down at Pickwick. And that was my first time on the ground with a big bass tour style event. And, man, I was blown away. That was cool. The numbers were yeah. huge. It was great for fish care. Um, they had the guys from Southeastern Pond Management. Like, not not only was it great for fish care because they were just carrying one, but the guys would bring the bass back up, give them to a trained fisheries biologist, get them put in a hospital tank where they were basically monitored for the afternoon before they were released back into Pickwick. So uh, I was blown away about how much smoother it was and the logistics behind it all. And so uh, when we saw the Bass Pro Cabela's Big Bass Tour schedule come out, we wanted to talk to the man behind the scenes, Mr. Scott Gordon. Folks, Scott is joining us today. And Scott, on behalf of the AC Insider Podcast, man, welcome. Welcome. Always good to be with you guys. Love me some Angles Channel. <laughs> yes. Hey, well, you, you kind of heard our introduction there. We're, we're a big fan of what you do. Um, how long have you been doing it? And how did you, I know you guys just had registration. How's 24 shaping up for you already? Oh, it's outstanding. Like, like you know, last week, uh, Friday, was we opened up registration for the upcoming season, and we set record numbers for the number of entries across the board for the majority of our tour stops here in 24, so it was a great start for us. I saw the war room. That looked cool, so I'm sure there was a lot of excitement in there over the weekend then, seeing those things fill up like that, huh? Absolutely. Now, how many years have you been the tournament director, Scott? Uh, with with Big Bass Tour, about 14 years. I've been doing it for over 20. Oh, so you've basically been with the tour since the beginning then. I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah. We've all been there since day one. Day one. How's it grown for you guys? I remember when Mark and Keith were getting this thing off the ground. Did you think on the first event that you guys had something special like this? I knew with this group and with their vision, yes. I knew it would be special. You know, the first couple of years were the kind of measuring stick that, you know, how we were going to do, but it was very well received. Uh, and the growth has been tremendous. You know, we keep thinking out of the box, outside the box, if you will, you know, as far as, you know, new destinations and other things and how we operate. But I think we've got one of the most seamless and uh, most professional, you know, series out there right now. You know, that's what I was kind of alluding to in the beginning, man. I got to agree with that. Uh, from time to time on the podcast, we talk about my background where I used to run professional events and they were all traditional, you know, dealing with fish, dealing with fish care, boat numbers, blast off, flight check, all those things. Um, they're chaotic. And when I came to yours, like 
man, it was just to your point, it was seamless. And I think there's some real benefits to your guys' format that I think we ought to talk about today. You know, one thing I think that jumped out at me, not having the congestion all at one location. And am I thinking right that in a big bass tour event, they basically can use whatever ramp they want? Very, that's correct. All of our events, you can launch the ramp of your choice. So that's got to make a difference for it's got to be kind of an equalizer. I mean, that means a guy like me in a small aluminum boat, I could trailer and still get to an area of the lake without having to go out and beat my brains out. So it's, you know, it, the rigs don't seem to matter. And I noticed that at that owner's tournament, I guess you've seen all, all different walks of life come across that stage, huh? That's what makes it special though. You know, it's, um, mm -hmm. it, uh, that I get, a, I always joke, I get emotional. What I mean by that is you get anglers that are some tournament anglers and if they win something big, you could tell they've done it before. So it's it's almost like they expect it. And that's but you get the guy that comes up that's he's a weekend angler that's fished a few of our events and maybe cast one check. And a lot of the times when they come up, they're <laughs> they're shaking. They know they've got a good fish and and it's uh it can it can be life changing. Pickwick and the Edmund Coders event was a prime example of that. Dude, you were saying it. I mean, Vance, you got a chance to interview Kate. Yeah. I mean, talk about that a little bit for people maybe that haven't seen it on the wrap-up show or anything yet. I mean, give them the backstory. That, yeah, that was the coolest thing. 19-year-old kid, um, you know, $50,000. Cost brand of living in Tennessee being what it is. He's got a brand-new baby, right? Wife, young wife. I mean, that's a big deal at that age. What a shot in the arm for them and I asked him, I'm like, man, what's he going to do with $50,000? He said, dude, I don't know. <laughs> <You know? laughs> hadn't thought about it the other day, right? They didn't have to think about it, you know. When you're 19, I mean, just think about what that would do for you. So, uh, yeah, it's always cool when you see an event become a life-changing event, you know, not just entertainment. And uh, that I know he, Cade, his family really appreciate the Big Bass Tour and, and uh, you know, the Hummingbird Minn Kota uh, group coming through there putting that event on. And he was going to fish day one. He, he showed me his leg. It was all scarred up. He ran his dirt bike through a barbed wire fence. So he didn't get out there on Saturday, right? The kid gets out there on Sunday morning, makes one cast of one fish, done. Wins the whole thing. How cool is that, you know? And Scott, is that stuff, have you seen that kind of thing before? Or is it usually uh, uh, one of the local hammers that wins? No, you'd be surprised. I, I would say 50, 60% of the time, it's not who you would think. And mm -hmm. I talked about this quite a bit over the years. That's what I really love about the big bass format. If you're fishing a multi-day stringer event, if, if you had a bad first day, it's almost impossible mm -hmm. to get back into the hunt and finish mm -hmm. strong. But with the big bass format, you're never out of it. You know, one no. fish, all it takes. And the, you're never out of contention. We've had so many of our events won the last 10 minutes on mm -hmm. Sunday by anglers that luck into one. And it's that's what's great about it. You're never, ever out of it. Talk to Vance hit on that, that he was going to, uh, the Hummingbird gentleman was going to fish one day, but couldn't. Talk to folks about how you can do your entry fees, Scott, because I thought that was unique, too. Well, you, it's it's really an English choice. You could fish. Most of our events are three days. We do have some four-day mega events on the schedule again for 24, but you could fish one, two, three, or four. It's It's entirely up to your preference. Basically, it's almost like you're buying a, an admission ticket for the day. Is that a fair way to explain it? Well, it's like, a day of competition. Yeah. Right. So, but you're you're buying for to like you could buy Saturday only, or you could buy Sunday only, Correct. or whatever. Day, you know. So, if you've got family obligations, church obligations, or whatever, you can get a day in and, and still be in contention. You may not have as many opportunities, but to Scott's point, a lot of people win them on one lucky cast, and that's the kind of tournament I can get behind. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> How many places are you going this year, Scott? Is, did the schedule expand? I know it was full. Is that the same number of events you did in the past, or is that more? It's it's about the same. This year on the books, you know, as far as traditional BBT uh, tour events, we have 12 stops. Of course, we're, we're returning with the Mencota Owners event again this year, or next year, excuse me. And we're always looking forward to that. That was a huge success back in June. So we're, we're looking forward to that. And we've got some other things I think they're working on, too, as well. Um, so it's it's about the same as far as the number of events. Now, last year, was last year the first year you went so far north? Or have you been doing that a couple of years? No, that was the first time. It was a great experience. That, that was going to be my question. How did the anglers up there respond to the events? 
Oh, they loved it. They really did. It, it was, it really was special. We're looking forward to getting back north in the summertime. Oh, I bet. I bet that beats the hell out of being in, in Alabama in August. I'd much rather be in New York. Uh, what was the biggest fish last year, Scott? Do you know off the top of your head? Absolutely. We started out with a bang. Harris Chain was a 1055. And the very next event was Conroe, of course, and we had a 1015. Those were the only two doubles last year. But I, it's, I can almost predict what it's going to take. And what's interesting about that, in Harris Chain, we had five or six that were nine pounds plus. <laughs> Uh, that you know if you're looking at the top five or six big bass of the event we see more doubles at harris chain and especially lake conroe it's not uncommon to have six fish over 10 pounds from 10 to all the way up to 14 pounds wow. it takes about a five and a half average just to stay in the top 10 of that event so it's it's crazy what's the smallest do you, do you know offhand what the smallest one that took home a boat last year it was uh, i think it was around five up in lacrosse which that's a great fish for up there, but not, I mean, I fished up there. They've got bigger. And I think that's the cool thing about the format. You don't have to have a double digit to succeed. What's great about our technology too, because with the live leaderboard link, you can be out on the water and see in real time what's in the top 10. So if you got a four and a half, you know, for example, and a three pounds in 10th place may not be a bad time to come in. Mm -hmm. yeah, there was so much more strategy than I thought, Danny and, and Scott. Mm -hmm. That was that's what I thought was so interesting. Sitting there watching this go down, the strategy that's evolved. You think it's just, hey, I'm gonna go catch a big fish and get lucky, but okay, so the guys that fish close by, they could come in every hour. And the ones that are really smart, they come in with two fish at 1058 and weigh one, and then at eleven oh five weigh another one, they got two fish in two different hours. With a chance to win both hours, uh, there's a lot of hourly prizes. Guys wanted that way, a lot of strategy. That's it's funny because when I'm up on stage, I look out over on the docks and you'll see the anglers come in toward the end of the hour. And I, I call them veterans. And what I mean by that are guys that have fished our events, you know, several times over the over the years. So they know that that strategy to come in when they went the end of the hour, team one up for the start of the next, and off you go. So you're maximizing your time yeah. on the water, get yourself on the board at the same time. Yeah, and it doesn't always take, like I said, a big fish to win something really cool. And uh, yeah, I thought that was neat. Those guys were four, like I said, three, four, five-pound fish that were that won something, you know, got the money back at least. Oh, absolutely. There's a lot of cash. You know, guys, if that, talking to your point about strategy, there's, you know, there's a handful at every event. They're, they're going to swing for the fence and go for that grand prize. But there's a ton of hourly cash payouts. Three-day event, we're paying 210 places. So there's a lot of money up for grabs each day. That was going to be one yeah, of my questions. Surprise me. Mm -hmm. Was one of my questions. What What is an average purse, Scott? First first prize is a boat motor combo, right? Or is there a Correct. combination of catch? Or what's the price structure look like for 2024 for anybody that's thinking about it? It's it's very it's the same basically. The grand prize is the boat, and of course, yeah, we pay ten cash payouts every hour. The big bass each hour pays a thousand, going all the way down to ten place, which is a hundred. So somebody on a big wad of fish, they could they could stack some cash without winning. Then to, to your guys's point, and it's not uncommon to have anglers, old many anglers, in an event that'll cash three or four good checks, uh, and come out well ahead. Yeah, I guess I didn't think about that. I kind of thought about, you know, I guess the guy that's on them who fishes a traditional tournament, he might make a few grand, and the same guy could be on them in your format and make that much or more if he's got the big one to go with it. So there's definitely some opportunities to earn there. Uh, talk about that. It's got to be a huge family aspect, doesn't there? Do you see a lot of parents, kids, or husband, wife, mixed teams? Is that a common thing? Oh, very common. And that kind of, I watch for, you know, for the storylines at every event. And you see, you know, youngsters fishing with their grandpa or, you know, father and a grandfather. It's kind of a, you know, the full generation fishing these events, sometimes there'll be three or four uh, boats from one family. They're all out there fishing and, and they really look forward to it. They make it part of their vacations every year. You know, they'll rent a, a vacation rental and, and do it right. Yeah. And I guess that brings up another good point that I saw. You can do three per boat in your events. Is that correct? Correct. That's a cool thing. I mean, there's not very many formats where you can get the experience the competition and have three to a boat. And I think Vance was Cade that won it in the Minn Kota tournament. Was he not part of a three boat deal? He went out with his dad and his buddy or something. 
I believe so, yes. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, without your guys' format and that kind of thing, that wouldn't even be possible. So that, that's cool, and that's a great way to introduce youth. Uh, we talk about youth a lot on the podcast. I'm a huge fan of it, and, and it's about the only format that – uh, a young boy or a young girl could tag along with their dad and their fishing partner or their mom and dad if they fish together and they can get out there as a group. Uh, when are you kicking off? Is, is it the Harris Chain again this year? Absolutely. Every year, that's where we start, February 9th through the 11th. You know, two months away, we're fired up. Get ready to get this this party going again. And then from there, where do you go? On we around the... We go from uh, Florida back to Texas for Lake Conroe. Okay. And then we head back uh, east of the Norman, Murray, those destinations. BigBassTour.com has our all of our schedule for 24, so you can get a, a better idea of the exact dates. Now, I know you guys had some early registration prizes. Did those all get burned up in the, over the weekend? Oh, of course they did. <laughs> you want to give a shout out to some people that helped make that possible? Because I know that's a big part of what you do, right? You can collect early, and then your anglers are actually walking away with about as much stuff as they spend an entry fee, aren't they? Oh, it's outstanding. Metcona, Turtle Box. Bass Pro Shops, Lake Mass. I mean, there, there were some great prizes to give out. Yeti, of course. Uh, there was some great stuff. So now, if people didn't sign up early, though, I mean, there's still plenty of time, right? You basically keep registration open until you hit, what, a full field? Or is no, it pretty we much? We don't care. We, we close registration at 9 p.m. that night or the evening before the first day. But you can okay. still register. That is if you're going for the full full spread, if you're going to fish three or four. But you can register online, you know, after that fact. If you, like if you didn't fish on Friday, but you want to fish on Saturday or Sunday, you can still register. We just don't do it at the ramp the morning of the tournament. Right. So you can get a, so a procrastinator has a good place with you guys too then. He can wake Absolutely. up and decide he doesn't want to fish today, but tomorrow might be better. There you go. <laughs> I think that's one of the appeals of what you guys are doing is the flexibility. I mean, I think it's super cool. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have any premier fisheries around me, so I got to travel to come fish with you guys. But I'm guessing that that's part of it, too. I mean, you hit on vacation homes and that kind of thing. So your format lends itself to where a person doesn't necessarily have to be an expert. Do you see a lot of travelers? I mean, do you see people who follow you guys around the country? Oh, yeah. There's fishers that fish all of our events. Uh, all of them. Yeah. Uh, but there's several that'll fish three or four, and right. it's it's great to see them. But it's uh, when you, what really impresses me at every one of our events after the fact to see where these anglers are coming from at every event. There's 15, 17 states, sometimes Canada. We've had them from Japan, Australia, that come out and fish. Um, it, it's it's nice. It's great to see yeah. that you can input and see where they're coming from and you know, the total reach of the tour. Right. Well, and again, you know, I don't think somebody would take off and go to Texas for a, a five fish limit against locals, but with your format, they've got an opportunity. Cause like you said, it's, it's just one good cast, one good catch. You know, we had a 16 year old win at Lake, it was at Lake Murray. Uh, gosh, that was probably 10 years ago, but uh, he was, he just fished on the Sunday. That's back when we were doing two day events with his grandfather threw a buzz bait next to a dock and boom. <laughs> Got a new boat. Himself a boat. <laughs> Dude, I like a buzz bait, Vance. Why don't you? We, we need yeah. to get in one of these. Don't you have some some connections down there? Maybe we need to be at the Harris Chain for the season opener, huh? Absolutely. Yeah, man. That's uh, buzz baits are a blast. It might, might be more of a toad on the Harris Chain. You can be a little more weedless, but uh, same concept, same concept. And, you know, there'll be some, uh, obviously, we fish on the beds. There in February too. There's there's a couple different ways that that one could be one top water, sight fishing, whatever whatever you like to do. I think that's that's what's nice about here. It's one of those fisheries where so many different lakes. You can do what you want to do. It's hard to say how that one's going to be one. That, that'll be a very interesting event. If I don't get fished, I will definitely be following it uh, with a lot of anticipation because, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how that one comes down. Uh, it's, it's always a slugfest. Always a well, slugfest. And Scott, you mentioned the team behind it all. And clearly, I mean, the guys know fishing and, and you with the experience. I mean, your schedule is lined up to where you're going to good places at good times. So, you know, it doesn't really matter which event a person picks. You guys have set it up to where it should be pretty productive. I mean, when it's hot, you're north. And when you're when they're on, you kind of follow the spawn for, to some extent, don't you? Absolutely. Most yeah. of them were hitting at the right time. 
Uh, all the venues you've been to, which one's been the most surprising and which one did you enjoy the most? I mean, I guess those you know, could be the same a, that's or different. A, that's a great question. And, and my answer to that is all of them. And what I mean by that, each destination is unique um, as far as, you know, the, the, the area, the, the amenities, just the, you know, it's, they're all special. One of my favorite events is Conroe because it's, you know, it's Texas and, the venue at Pappas, we have always huge crowds. It's a party the entire time. There's a lot of energy and excitement. It's one of the longest standing events, you know, in our tour history. So that's one I always look forward to. Harrison, of course, it's a great destination. We always see big fish there. But, you know, a lot of these destinations are really popping up where I expect to see, you know, we've seen the average weights of these big bass pickups. Uh, Smith Mountain Lake, for example, it's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see a double digit there soon. And I tell you what's really surprised me is the quality at Lake Norman. Those mm -hmm. average weights have really picked up. And that goes to, you know, they've been stocking the Florida strain bass there over the last few years. And it's really, we've really seen the increase. Yeah. So the guys wanted money with spots on Norman. Are those spots worth anything there now? Or is it already a, a largemouth victory in, in, in your, uh, your format? Spots will still get you paid on, on Lake Norman, but it's it's been predominantly largemouth. But a oh. good spot in the hourlies. Yeah, I would yeah. think to I would think to win there, you would have to have a green one for sure. Uh, you mentioned Smith Mountain. What's going on up there? What's special about that? Is that I've not ever heard anybody comment on that. That caught my attention. Are they doing anything up there from a stocking standpoint, or is it just a, a kind of a sleeper under the radar? I think they do do some. I'm not overly familiar with with the management of the lake, but just mm -hmm. the quality of the fish there is whether it be in the spring or the fall when we when we visited that destination they are just i mean they're monsters <laughs> they're, they're yeah, I, probably the healthiest fish i've seen anywhere i know it to be clear i think that's a big part of it so that's probably some of it there but i, I don't have any experience over there so i don't know but that surprised me to hear that uh when you talk about you know the different venues this was your first year up north uh well received up there too. I know I've heard a lot about fish conservation on the big smallmouth lakes. How was the format received up there? Oh, they loved it. Um, they, you know, once they got into the swing of things and and understood the process and some of the strategy involved, they took to it very very quick, and they had a great time. Yeah, I think that you know we talked prior to you coming on about you know the the changes in fish care and the emphasis and the way you guys are doing that. I mean that is a low impact deal on those fish, and you're only haul, hauling one around and then. Uh, do you guys always have fish care on site, like what we saw at Mincota? Absolutely. Tournament? Yeah, it's it's uh, those guys. Southern Pond Management does a phenomenal job. Uh, they're experts at what they do, and it's 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 important to us as far as on the conservation side to do it right. Yeah, you know, and we talked about that early on, but I can't say enough about how cool I thought that was for those guys to to put the time in. And for those that don't know, they they come in with like a, a insulated hauling truck and a couple of biologists so not only are they checking the fish when they come in but they're managing the temperature and the oxygen and those fish that's probably the best few hours of their life is getting to hang out with the guys from southeastern pond <laughs> before they got to go back to their own mud hole so absolutely well you know uh you, we've got the schedule up and for folks that want to you know check uh, they can visit anglerschannel.com they can hit the schedule page and scott you throw out your website where do they need to come to learn more bigbass.com BigBassTour.com for details, guys. You've got registration information over there, and you've got a good, fun thing to do where you can come home with a new boat or stack some cash. Scott, anything you want to leave our guests with? Any parting thoughts you'd like to tell them? Yep, have a relaxing holiday season. We look forward to seeing you in 24. We're fired up and ready to go. Hey, well, we always cover the events. I think one thing you guys do a great job of, too, is your preview of pieces. Uh, I've seen those over the years where – get with local anglers in the area and kind of highlight what's going on and what they can expect. Uh, all that information will be on anglerschannel.com as well as the results. And Scott, you stream your results as they happen, right? You have a live leaderboard folks can check out. Yes, sir. Uh, for those not fishing the event, uh, the live leaderboard link on our website, of course, mm -hmm. those that are, are in the event get the, the uh, links to their phone. So they, they have access both ways. There you go, guys. So follow along, give them a holler, check them out. It's the Bass Pro Shops Cabela's Big Bass Tour, and the registration is open. 
Scott, thanks for coming on and letting us pick your brain on it a little bit. We sure appreciate that. And uh, we're going we're gonna to take a quick break, guys, and Vance and I will be back to kind of wrap that up. So stay tuned. Since 1968, One Boat Company has stood as the gold standard for quality, performance, innovation, safety, and resale value. Ranger Boats. Ranger's passion for perfection is evident in every boat that leaves our facilities. Whether it's bound for lakes and rivers for fishing and fun, or targeting trophy tuna and blue water. Ceaseless innovation results in top-tier boats that have made Ranger the go-to for tournament anglers and weekenders alike. And the new Z521R and Z520R redefine what a premium bass boat can be. Ranger, still building legends, one at a time. Since 1968, One Boat Company has stood as the gold standard for quality, performance, innovation, safety, and resale value. Ranger Boats. Ranger's passion for perfection is evident in every boat that leaves our facilities. Whether it's bound for lakes and rivers for fishing and fun, or targeting trophy tuna and blue water. Ceaseless innovation results in top-tier boats that have made Ranger the go-to for tournament anglers and weekenders alike. And the new Z521R and Z520R redefine what a premium bass boat can be. Ranger, still building legends, one at a time. Leaders in innovation and anglers at heart. Lose is founded on a rich heritage of building the best. 70 years of cutting edge innovation with one goal in mind, to answer the call of passionate anglers who demand reliability, durability, and tournament level performance. Delivering the best for you to perform at your best. On and off the water. This segment is brought to you by Strike King. Get out there and tie one on. Welcome back. Vance, I think that's a, I don't know, I think that's a really cool thing. It's different. And there's part of me that really likes a traditional tournament. But logically, I think that's the most... I don't know. I just think it's the smartest, slickest system, really. It's good for the fish. It's good for the tournament director. It's good for the communities because of the number mm -hmm. of people they bring. I mean, had you been around an event like that prior to the uh, Minn Kota Owners Tournament? No, that was my first experience with a big bass format tournament. And I'd always kind of had the idea that, like say, just out there trying to catch one big fish. But I saw the value of a three and a half pounder and with the cool prizes people won with those two, you know, you don't have to catch the biggest fish in the lake. And if you use a little strategy, you know what I mean? You, you can really uh, maximize your opportunities there, especially with fish close. And uh, so the anglers were smart. They made the most of it. And I think Scott and his crew did a great job of getting the people in and out, getting the fish in and out, taking care of the fish and the resource, like say Southeast Pond Management being there. Um, there's just a lot to love about that big bass tour, the way they run it, you know? Yeah, I, I talked to Scott and Mark after, I think, day one or day two, and I told them, I said, guys, I'm, I'm kind of blown away. I didn't know that uh, you could be a tournament director and not be hair on fire, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. while it's happening. You know, it's just so so chill and so organized um, and i think that you know just some of the things they've done you know they they cut out a lot of the congestion points of a normal tournament and put that in there and did a really good job with it you know from the takeoffs to the community and everything yeah. in between and then like you said the strategy of hourly prizes on top of fishing for that big one that's that's a real cool thing mm -hmm. You know, as far as other news, yeah. prior prior to Scott coming on, we talked about Alabama Bass Trail. Uh, they announced their schedule and some big changes over there. I think, you know, I know we've got a lot of our viewership, listenership, readership down in that southeast area. And uh, they got five north events, five south events, three top 100s. And uh, heard through the grapevine that they basically filled that event in a matter of, you know, no time. So I think the... Oh grassroots tournament stuff's alive and well uh yeah we talked talked about it if anybody's got a team tournament or a local event you talked about your toys for tots uh you did the wolfson tournament uh, there were some details on that that came across recently yep. and all that stuff can be found on the tournament tab on anglerschannel.com so yeah you know check that out and and uh the bass pro cabela's big bass tour their information will be there as well uh, along with a lot of other stuff. I think uh, David has updated all of the 
MLF Big Five uh, Bass Fishing League stuff. I think that's all up to date. And then, of course, the major schedules are out now, too. You know, a couple of things. Yeah. Out. Go ahead. Let's just say those college kids, MLF, Bass, all of them will be coming down here to Florida next month, right after the, the first of the year. And I noticed David had that on the on the site there. I was looking at the tournaments the other day. And mm-hmm. so they're, they're already getting excited. Um, you know, the fish down here are already – I don't know, man. If it's to get drilled in the head a few times, ain't they? <laughs> everybody yeah. comes down here to get the season started off, and that's always exciting. It's fun to see everybody down here in January, February, and in the March, you know. So uh, I'm, I'm getting know, excited. I'm getting excited. I know a couple of Kentuckians that are down there on the Big O right now. My father, his wife, and their grandson, they've been down there for a couple of weeks knocking around, and uh, they're, they've become snowbirds, and they, they chase the bass down there. Uh, yeah, their their adjustment from north to going down south has taken them a little bit. I think they're. I was talking to Dad the other day, and the fishing wasn't real stellar, and he thought they weren't biting. And then there was a uh, fascination event on Okeechobee, and it was five for thirty-one, and he realized they were biting. Just he wasn't in the right spot. So, it, yeah, you know, and and that's very likely to already be some some bedding fish mixed in there, if not all five of them sight fishing. So. It, you, you know how that goes. You can be all around them. If you, you're not on them, you're not on them. I mean, it's just uh, well, dad's message to me was maybe I need, I think I was reading into it. And I, he was thinking he might need forward facing sonar because whoever won it uh, said it was four to six foot first line of buggy whips with forward facing sonar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, so those would be fish. Those, yeah. Those are fish coming out of the lake and making their way into the, the backwater yeah. marshy stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a pretty spawn fish. You know, yeah. uh, as, as far as tournament stuff and Florida fishing, actually, the last spot in the Bassmaster Classic is going to be decided the next few days down there in the Sunshine State. The Bassmaster Teams Championship is on the Harris Chain starting tomorrow, December 6th, be the day that we air, and that runs through the 9th. And out of that, we will have, I believe, just one more classic competitor. Is that correct? Sounds about right. Yeah, I think they fish as teams, and then once the team they, deal, right, and then they get down to the top three teams. Top three teams, and those six guys, every man for himself now. Every man for himself. Weights are zeroed after day two, and then yep, they fish yep, day yep. three and four, and you're fishing yep. against the teammate that got you there for a spot in the classic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a interesting concept, isn't it? It is. I think it's cool. I mean, I'd hate yeah. to be the guy that came in second, but I mean, that's part yeah. of it, right? Did you see the story on Bassmasters about a, a ringer that's slipping in down there? Not that there's not a bunch of ringers. I mean, it's a team tournament trail from all over the country. So there's. Well, a- I mean, look at who won the Alabama 100 the other day. Old Jesse Wiggins and his, and his uh, family. Was it his brother there? Somebody? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Well, there's a team. Get, get it where they can get it. There's a team of Morgan Thaler and Mansu going down there. And yep. for those that don't remember, Chad's retired from the Elite Series. Uh, I know both Chad and Dave very well from my PAA days. Uh, both of them are former PAA presidents. And I guess now technically they're retirees down on Table Rock, but they're not They're not sitting on their laurels. They've got a, a future bass academy and a couple different ventures they're doing. But uh, I think a Morgan Taylor Mansu team is a dangerous team. Uh, Chad's got history down there, man. When, uh, yeah, he qualified for I think the classic down there in that magic ticket deal they had back when. Mm-hmm. The, and he wanted he won an open little. down there, an open down there in January as well. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, that'd be a cool thing to be retired and then work your way back in through a. I think it was like a local Joe Bass Trail or something that huh. bottomed their bid. So maybe we'll see. Uh, you know, uh, Mansu's won an open as well. So yeah, I can't. I can't remember if it was Chesapeake or Potomac. But Dave's an East Coast guy. He was a I believe a police officer detective in Jersey, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And uh, the dude can fish, and Chad can fish, and I'm sure with his history, there'll be a team in contention. Uh, yeah, that's uh, dangerous. Teams from all over the country, though. I think there's – I've seen some posts from some guys in Indiana that are going down there to fish it. So, I know there's lots of ways to qualify. And uh, by Sunday, we will have the final contestant in the Classic, if I'm not mistaken. Man. That's right around the corner. Classic coming up. 
Redcrest coming up. It's uh, it's all right, right out there in front of us, Danny. Already it's just, get, get <laughs> it's just these next 60 days of the grind we got to get through, my man. I don't know about you, but it's getting dark up here before five, and uh, I don't know. Yeah. Spring fishing feels a lifetime away, but it'll be here quick. Uh, yeah. You know, we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. I, want, I do want to bring up a couple things. There are a ton of good deals from the sponsors going around right now, uh, promotions and various things, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, holiday specials. Uh, as those types of announcements are made, folks can come over and check them out on anglerschannel.com. I was looking at a few things that came through the feed and noticed that uh, this one caught my attention because I've been in the market for a truck for a little while. And I'm, oh. I have been looking at gently used and I've got a stellar credit score, man. And I was going to put money down and a gently used truck, the interest rate is a gagger. I can't justify doing that. And I thought about, you know, the boat people, because, you know, when I saw my interest rate offer, it was comparable to a recreational boat loan, right? And I can't do that on an expensive daily driver truck, like no way. Yeah. And I, felt, I, yeah. I thought about the boat, the boat stuff. And then just recently, uh, first of the month, Ranger came out and they're actually locking in some of their finance rates uh, based on the boats through whatever program they have with qualified lenders. But if a person's still in the market for a boat, you can get a 2023 or prior year Ranger with a guaranteed interest rate of 599. I'm assuming for a well-qualified buyer, but it's out there. And uh, a 2024 for 6.99. So that beats the hell out of the 8.99 I was offered on a spikely used pickup truck the other day. Um, but I got to get the truck before I get the boat. But if somebody's yeah. more fortunate and they are ready to, you'd be tired uh, of pulling that boat around, wouldn't you? If you get dragging that boat, and you're gonna get old. I'd have to get one of them trailer buddies or something, maybe, and see if I could walk it down to the river from here. But uh, yeah, yeah, lots of good deals out there, and and we staggered the podcast, and like I said, took a week off. But that is so we will have two in December. So this one is hitting on the sixth, and we will be back to our regular Tuesday broadcast in a couple weeks prior to the Christmas holidays. So. In the meantime, we want to wish everybody good fishing, tight lines, or happy hunting, whatever you're doing in your neck of the woods. And until next time, I'm out and Vance. Happy holidays and happy hunting for you. Dan Ford, you too, bud. Thanks for listening to this week's Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, presented by Sportsman's Warehouse. Also brought to you in part by Pro Charging Systems, makers of the Dual Pro Chargers. TH Marine, Trickstep, Toyota Bonus Bucks, Costa Conserve and Compete, and of course, AnglersChannel.com, your number one tournament bass fishing resource.